This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 46. This is Writing Excuses, crafting Chinese-American characters. 15 minutes long, because your time is valuable. <laughs> no! <laughs> No! <laughs> and we're not that smart. Now just finish it, seven. <laughs> no! See, I was a Chinese-American family in school. Getting back to it, I'm Piper. I'm Dan. I'm Yang Yang. I'm Tempest. And this is already off the rails. And so, I, I get to be Howard this time. This is the best. All right, so, uh, welcome to uh, the, next, the next episode, our continuing episodes about writing the other. And um, we are here with Yang Yang Wang. Uh, and Hello. you're so awesome. And, and you do so many things. Um, but, but yes, when, when I said, I want to do these episodes, and we're going to do them in Seattle... Nisi Shaw, who is the the godmother, the mystical goddess of writing the other, was like, you should talk to Yang Yang. And oh, so I thank said, thank you, wherever she is. Wherever <laughs> Nisi is, thank you so much, Nisi. So yeah, so tell us uh, a little bit about yourself uh, as an author, as a Chinese American, as whatever. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, currently, um, I am an author, an actor. Uh, I mostly specialize uh, in commercials. Uh, I've done everything, um, every brand in the Seattle area, from like Amazon to Microsoft to uh, Washington State Lottery. Um, I think it's cool that uh, I found some success in that. I feel like it's a combination of uh, of good timing and my own personal brand. Um, I don't know if you know. For those who've met me, um, I have a very good what they call a developer look. And believe it or not, that is very hot in Seattle, in a city with a lot of tech companies. In my day job, I actually work with a, um, a software development company. And I agree, you have a great developer look. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so besides that, uh, I've been dipping my feet into uh, more on the production side. Uh, I wrote and directed a, a short film last year, which took a Best Short Film Award, a best sh- short film award at the uh, Oregon Independent Film Festival. And uh, I recently just opened a short film at uh, the Wing Luke Museum, um, who's doing an exhibit on uh, Asian Americans in science fiction. And uh, you should definitely check that out. Like, it is an amazing exhibit. Awesome. So cool. Yay. And and not often we get somebody with acting and writing experience. Um, So I guess the first thing I want to ask is about when you're thinking about the kind of Chinese American characters that you you do see in media, whether that's like film media or even um, books, first of all, do you see many? And of the ones that you see, are are they the kind of characters that you would say, yes, I enjoy that depiction. That seems amazing. Uh, I would want every person to be able to look at that forever and ever. Amen. Uh, so first of all, I, I would like to start off by saying that, um, you know, my opinions do not represent everybody else's opinions. Certainly. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just my own. Um, I think growing up, I did see Chinese American characters uh, in literature and uh, on television or in movies. Um, I would say that I did recognize them. Um, I wouldn't say that I felt like, you know, misrepresented. But at the same time, I felt like it just... 
uh, it waited in the shallow end of the pool, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like there was more that could be depicted. Um, A lot of the narratives that I was seeing uh, was centered around like people struggling with um, merging their Chinese heritage and their American heritage. It would be a story about, uh, you know, recent immigrants or like second generation learning about their parents' trials um, coming to this country. And um, being so, so my own story is that uh, I came over here when I was nine years old. And um, I felt like while I recognized some of the trials that those characters faced, like, I was not picked on in school any more than anybody else. Um, my name was not made fun of. You know, when your name's Yang Yang Wang, there's a lot of <laughs> wordplay. You can that take you that some there. places. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can take that some places. Yeah, I think uh, one of the ones I'd like to highlight is uh, somebody called me, uh, you know, Yankee Doodle Dandy, but they called me uh, Yankee Doodle Wanger. Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah, but, kids. Uh, yeah, kids. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, I'd like to, again, stress that, uh, you know, kids being who they are, I was picked on no more or less than, like, any other kid at my school. Um, and so uh, while I recognize, you know, facets of this, I, I didn't think that that was, um, you know, the, the, the complete story. So, like, for me, um, some of the things that um, I think good Chinese-American characters are highly aware of are, A, their relationship to stereotypes. Like, you grow up hearing these stereotypes, and you decide, and you have control over um, how you relate to them or not relate to them, how you... um, how you let them affect you or not affect you or whether you want to embrace and make it your own. Because, uh, you know, uh, there's that, let's take the example of like martial artist. Um, while, you know, there's that stereotype, oh, all Chinese kids, like no martial arts, mm-hmm. but, um, some Chinese kids love martial arts, you know, and by performing martial arts, it's not that they're perpetuating the stereotype, but they are definitely aware that that stereotype exists but they are taking control over it and not letting it affect their love of, uh, you know, this, this thing. Right. Um, so another thing being uh, awareness of their relationship to language. I think um, whether or not you speak the language, um, you know, that your, your family, your ancestors, et cetera, like uh, did, um, you are aware of your level of relationship to that language. Like mm-hmm. whether you know, like, just a couple of words, whether you know a phrase, whether you can just order a couple of food dishes, you know, at a restaurant. And uh, maybe that's enough. Um, But for other people, like, it's not. And it's a source of, like, common guilt, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from their family, etc. But I find that that language and uh, it is definitely something that a lot of uh, uh, Chinese Americans, uh, including myself, like, are hyper aware of. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one, you know, I mentioned it before was food. Like, uh, <laughs> always e- comes back to food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's so many things about my life are food. Oh, <laughs> so me too. I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I find that, uh, for me, like food is something, um, I consider it like a safe space, you know, like, uh, where, uh, people can sort of like experiment with, uh, traditional yeah. and like mixing different influences like mm-hmm. safely. Um, but something... Something about, like, food that really uh, resonates with me is um, growing up, even without, like, knowing what it's called, 
Um, I will have experienced something. I'll have eaten something, remembered the taste, and have certain like emotions around it. Mm-hmm. And um, I might have even like forgotten about this. But like years later, um, either going to a restaurant uh, somewhere in America or somewhere uh, back in China, I will essentially like rediscover this food. And um, maybe this whole maybe the whole time, you know, in the back of my, my in the back of my mind, like this this flavor will be like lingering, and I'll I'll seek it as like you know some sort of extended metaphor for like. I guess you could take it as an extended metaphor for like you know seeking a connection, you know, with my heritage, um, but. You don't have to. I mean, you know, it, it could be for some people. It could definitely be that. But uh, for me, it's just like um, seeking like a comfort and an emotional connection. Um, oh, I think that that's really relatable because, um, for example, I'm Thai American, and I was actually born here, but I spent many, many summers of my childhood in Thailand, uh, and we just went to Thailand over the past new year. And I took my partner, Matthew, with me and it was his first time in Thailand. So it was one of those things where as soon as we got there, I hit the street food vendors looking for my favorite things Mm -hmm. that I just can't get here or I can't find here. Or if I do find it here, it's not the same flavor. And I was looking for that flavor. So I think that that idea of comfort foods or that feeling. Another friend of mine, Philippa Ballantyne, who's an author um, in steampunk and also epic fantasy, she was just recently back in New Zealand and she pinged me just as I was getting back from Thailand and she was in New Zealand eating foods that she hadn't had for quite some time and she had grown up in New Zealand and she's like, there's something about eating this food that brings you home. And it's really, really all about sensory, not just what you remember, but what you're smelling and you're tasting and you're feeling the the emotions associated with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Food and I feel like there's always that. And that there's not enough, I feel like, about that in depictions where it's like it's not own voices writing, it's, you know, writing the other about just like the all the foods that that make us feel like who we are so like food is so important just to literally oh, everyone you know? yeah. i try to incorporate that a lot in yeah. my in my series and in fact it got to the point where where some people felt that i would that they would be able to recreate a chinese dish based on my chinese american heroines um cooking that she was doing through the course of the scene that i was describing because she stress cooks and the only way they can get any kind of information out of her she's like look you want me to answer your questions stand there let me cook and I will answer your questions clearly. If you make mm-hmm. me try to sit down, it's not happening. But yeah, I mean, all of my series, I have a, a Korean American character who does the same thing. She she has comfort foods because she, um, you know, ended up in the hospital, got shot at or actually exploded. But anyway, <laughs> either way, romantic suspense, man. Um, but either way, it comes back to what you're saying about the food and wanting to see that and see how food brings you back and 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 not necessarily back but deepens insight into who you are yeah 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 i guess it all comes back to um the fact that like it's like these little nods to your uh the influences you know from your past like it doesn't need to dominate a character it just needs to be it's like the spice you know to go with the whole food metaphor right yeah it's like it's like the spice to a character but it doesn't need to be like something the only thing that the character uh, obsesses about or thinks over right all right i'm gonna stop us here because i've been politely reminded that i totally forgot (laughs) to watch the time and it is time for the book of the week (laughs) 
That is you. Would you please oh. tell us what the book of the week is? Uh, I was just reading uh, All Systems Red by Martha Wells, and I think it is probably like one of the, uh, it's got one of the best characters, uh, Murderbot, you know, that I've uh, ever encountered. Um, I'm super jealous. I wish I thought of this character first, and I wish I could like steal this character and like put it in uh, like all the settings, all the time periods, you know, that possibly can exist. Um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a little late, you know, in reading this particular one. Mm-hmm. But, it is never uh, too late. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. I say that it does not uh, diminish my enjoyment of it, uh, you know, in any way. Awesome. awesome. That is all systems read by Martha Wells. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, one of the things that I know that uh, some people who are either um, from a diaspora culture or they're from um, they're they're like first generation immigrant, but they were brought to whatever culture that uh, their family immigrated to when they were very young. So like most of their experience is in like the, the new culture um, is they worry about whether or not um, them writing about the home culture would be considered writing the other, because it's like, it's sort of my culture, but it's not exactly my culture because my culture is this, the the culture that I mostly grew up in and whatever. Um, and I, I know that there are like two aspects of it. There's the aspect of it from like the inside, the person who's like, having that thought about themselves. But then there's also like the voices from the outside are like, that's not authentic. And <laughs> oh Lord, we can have a conversation about authenticity all day long and we won't. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, I'm actually like more concerned with like how, how, what would you say to authors who like, they're from that, they're, they're Chinese American or they're Indian American, or whatever. They want to write about China. They want to write about India. Um, what are the kinds of things that, that they can do to, to feel less or, or to just be aware of the, the complicated issues around that. Um, right. I guess, you know, one of the first things that they can do is uh, just acknowledge the fact that they are representing it from their own uh, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Like they are not trying to assume any sort of authority over the subject matter. Um, and I mean, you know, to be fair, even uh, citizens from like a country such as China uh, can't necessarily write about China with all the nuance and all the complexity, uh, you know, to do it justice for various reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, um, you know, after going past that, uh, it's it's a matter of... So whenever I read uh, about a character, I always think about the author. Like I look at the back of the book and I read the little like um, blurb about who they are and where they come from. And like, I try to think about, you know, their relationship to uh, the subject matter. And I think that um, as long as they have uh, like the proper research and they have, um, they, they don't try to, uh, you know, tell me that this is how the country is, you know, mm-hmm. as long as they, I can see that there's like room that they, they, they think the country is this way. Mm-hmm. Their perception Yeah, their is perception. There. Yeah. yeah. As long as there's there enough of that uh, fallibility, like, uh, I think I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, because that's the best that we can do really. Like we are all trying to, uh, have like some good intent and we want to explore and we want to, um, really like celebrate like part of the reason why I, I think that people want to write in these other settings is that there's something about the setting that uh, enraptures them mm-hmm. they want other people to love it and you know they think it's exciting and they want other people to feel the same excitement um, and so 
as long as they, yeah, as long as, uh, um, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no, I wanted to add on to that because I think that's great. And uh, that's one of the reasons, one of the things we talk about a lot in this series is uh, that the more specific you get when you're talking about one character, then you have room for that fallibility. Because I'm not trying to say all Chinese Americans are exactly like this, but this one is. Mm-hmm. And then that gives us room and it doesn't feel like we're trying to represent an entire massive nation or culture. We're just trying to show you one person's life. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, that's that's the most important thing. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much. And, and wrapping up, I, I have today's homework. This is super exciting. I love giving homework. My students <laughs> hate me. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, for your homework, I want you to take a culture. It can either be a real-world culture or a culture that you have made up for your books. And then I want you to create a character that is uh, a descendant of immigrants from that culture. And then that character comes back to the home culture. How are they experiencing the home culture? What are they seeing? that They're like, oh, that's so familiar. And what are they seeing where they're like, I didn't know they did it like that. Grandma didn't do it like that. And write that scene and just explore what it what it can be like to be a person who is like of a culture, but not of a culture inside. Awesome. And thank, thank you. you very much, Yang Yang, for being on the episode. Yes, this thank was you. great. Well, thank you all for having me. Thank you. All right, listeners, you're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragon Steel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.